Welcome to the Thursday cross-reference episode of the Sailor Time to Pause podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. Today we're going to do something a little different. Rather than looking back to last Monday, we're going to look ahead to next Monday, where in our walk through John's Gospel, we'll encounter Jesus referencing a story from the book of Numbers. And so today, in order that we'll better understand that part of the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, we'll think about that story. Numbers 21 verses 4 to 9. The people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manner. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. I will stop and breathe in your presence, just breathe, just breathe. Fresh from a stunning and God-given victory, the people of Israel carry on their long march towards the promised land when suddenly they notice a rumbling in their stomachs. And they notice that the sun can get pretty hot out there in the wilderness. Between being hungry and being hot, the people think back to good old Egypt, to farmers markets loaded with leeks and cucumbers and cool melons. And before you know it, the memory of their slavery in Egypt transmogrifies in their imaginations into a kind of Shangri-La, a shimmering oasis of goodness. True, the whole bricks without straw period was a little tough, but hey, at the end of a long day building pyramids, you could go home, put your feet up, grab a glass of fine wine and take your ease over cheese and crackers, sweet sticky dates and sumptuous juicy olives. They're thirsty and hungry. Even if they didn't like the life they once had in Egypt, it was their life. It was familiar and they want to get back to what it used to be. And so they complain against God and they speak against Moses. This is how bad it is. They first complain that they've got no food and then they go on to say that they detest the miserable food that they've just finished complaining about that they don't have. I don't really think though that their complaint is a reflection of what's going on around them but about what's going on within them. Their stomach may or may not be empty but there's surely something eating away at their joy of living, some poison in their hearts. And so it's with a certain poetic symmetry that they come to a place filled with poisonous snakes. As so often in the Old Testament, we encounter a physical manifestation of the spiritual reality. But despite their complaining and perhaps doubts, the Israelites turn to God. They bring the brokenness of their experience, including the snakes, and beg for them to be removed. Pray to the Lord to take away the servants from us, the people say to Moses. Yet God did not take away them, nor even stop them from biting. Instead, God sent another snake. God tells Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who's bitten shall look at it and live. Rather than take away the thing that was causing them distress, God instead offers an antidote. And it's a strange one, isn't it? The serpent that bites and kills 
is now also going to be the serpent that heals and gives life. That doesn't make sense. But what if that's how it really is? What if the difficulties of life are not so much circumstances to escape from, but opportunities to overcome the challenges that we face? Can opposites really coincide in that way? Perhaps you remember from science class Newton's third law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Two opposing forces arising at the same time and in the same place. Look also to modern medicine. Where does the anti-venom to treat snake bites come from? It comes from the snake's bite. What about the vaccination that protects from disease? It often comes from the same virus that causes the illness. Think also about the coinciding of opposites in our own faith. Those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Jesus says. And the cross that kills is also the tree of life. So perhaps it should be of no surprise to us that rather than removing the snakes, God instead provides a means for healing in the midst of danger. God brings healing precisely where and when the sting is worst. He responds with an act of solidarity and instructs Moses to take the poisonous serpent, the ones which have caused the people such pain, and to set a replica on a pole that people might look upon it and be healed. Elizabeth Webb suggests that this passage tells us a lot about the character of God. Even in our worst failures and disappointments, God provides. God offers healing for our wounds, relationship for our loneliness, and faithfulness for our faithfulness. God doesn't remove the source of our suffering, but God makes the journey with us, providing what we most deeply need if we but look in the right direction. That's the tension the Israelites are in today. The staff of Moses provides the Israelites with a direction to look. There's a snake that bites and kills, and a snake that heals and gives life, and they must decide to which one they'll give their attention and focus. So must we. We too live in that tension. We too have the same choice before us. To what are you giving your attention? Do you need to change your focus? What would it mean to shift your attention from the biting serpent to the bronze serpent? I don't mean that we ignore or deny the biting serpents and pretend they're not real. It's pointless being naive about life, our self-contradictions or the venoms of this world. But to be alive, hopeful and whole, to find the medicine our soul needs, means acknowledging the biting serpents even as we look up to and give our focus to the bronze serpent. Like the staff, the cross proclaims God's solidarity with a suffering world. It reminds us that God loved this world, this messed up, full of snakes, suffering world with all of its sin and pain. That it was to this wilderness of a world that God sent Jesus Christ, that we might lift our eyes and see love. So where are you focusing? Upon the world with all its troubles, or the cross with all of its hope? For the one to which we give our attention will fill our hearts and shape our lives. To what are you giving your attention today? For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. <laughs> 